Welcome to another episode of the Compulsive Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. You can find myself in this podcast at compulsive.com. Going to be talking about a few things in this episode. The new Apple Vision hardware, Vision Pro, has shipped. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk a lot about the uh, changes coming to the App Store, both uh, in America and the EU, and how confusing it all is. So grab a pen and paper, and let's dive into this. Let's start with the EU. And first of all, let me say, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an expert. This is just my understanding, listening to all the folks who have looked into this, reading the documentation, and, and trying to interpret this the best I can. And I will say, I think that, you know, Apple in some ways has made this very confusing intentionally. We'll get into that. So you may or may not know about this, and and honestly, you should. If you don't know about this, you should look into this. The EU has this thing called the Digital Markets Act, I think is the actual name. And it's it's a system designed to, you know, as always, try and make things fair for everybody. Never works, right? But the idea here is that, you know, they're saying, hey, Apple, you've got a monopoly here. We don't like this. Again, as we've been saying a lot, Microsoft in the 90s, Google and so on. And what they're saying is you have to allow people to have third-party app stores, which means installing apps on iOS devices outside of Apple's app store. And we're going to get into uh, some details on that shortly. But basically, Apple has turned around and said, okay, we are going to try our hardest to comply with this, but comply in a way and make it very difficult, (laughs) I guess I should say, to correct myself, that people just won't do this. Right. What they're saying is the new terms and conditions that you have to agree to basically says you have to give Apple some money for doing nothing (laughs) is really what it comes down to. And yes, I've greatly simplified it. But basically what you have to do is you can have your apps outside of the App Store. Epic is a big driver for this. I'm sure if you're a developer, you're very familiar with how that's going and that's brought some of this on. But what it means is, firstly, there's probably going to be hundreds of new APIs for developers to to integrate all this stuff and and add to the fun. But you will be able to sideload apps onto your iOS devices, but only in the EU. However, we all know how this goes. Other countries are going to jump on board with this. So the good news is it'll probably be universal around the world eventually. But the bad news is right now, if you do this, you're agreeing to give Apple a bunch of money to allow you to do that is what it comes down to. Again, I'm not a lawyer. Read the documents on this. But this is this is a terrible plan. But this is Apple being Apple and not, not going to get into it too much here. But this is what Apple does. The, the way that they lock you in is to make it so unbearably painful to try and step outside of that system that you just don't do it. And I feel like That's what's going on here, but by way of complying to the court order and saying, yeah, we'll make it dreadfully bad for developers and users and everybody alike, because nobody wins here except Apple uh, at the end of the day, and that's always how it is. And and again, that's always how it is with all these companies. I'm not just picking on Apple. We're talking about this one here, but that's the goal here from all of them, right? All these app stores. Now, the other problem with this sideloading is obviously it opens up some potential problems with security holes, things like malware, privacy abuse, and all these kind of things is what Apple's saying. And on that score, I do agree with them. Now, they're going to try and mitigate that a little bit because apps will need to be notarized 
to have them put on devices. And, you know, again, as developers, that's something we're familiar with. But I don't think that's really going to stop it so much. Okay, you've got to notarize your app, but that doesn't stop all these third-party bad actors trying to do all these things that I'm sure they will. So I do agree with Apple here because this is one of the things I hate about the Android platform is it's a free-for-all. It is a nightmare from a security perspective and everything else. And I do agree there with Apple. Now, moving on to the US side, there is, there's other complications. You can now link outside of the App Store to other payment methods. But again, there is all sorts of other problems here that'll come into play. And I'm sure there'll be a bunch of APIs. But again, at the end of the day, Apple wants you to give them some money to do this. So think about that for a second. Apple's saying, yeah, we're now going to allow you to link outside of our app store, our ecosystem, so that we don't get our percentage. But to do that, you've got to agree to these new rules and these new conditions. And also, we want you to pay you pay us for that. So they're still getting their money anyway. The advantage to them at this point is they have to do even less work to take that money because they're not handling the payment systems for you. You're just going to give them the money instead of them taking their percentage and using their systems, which again, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Not a great idea in my opinion, but all, all these things are so insanely complicated. It's, it's ridiculous. So again, look into all of this stuff. One of the names being banded around on a lot of this stuff, especially even Apple calls it this, is the core technology fee, which is just a fancy way of saying, pay us some money to put it on their hardware. Now, I don't disagree that, hey, Apple's hardware, if it's not enough that the user but pays for it to begin with, the developer now would be paying this fee to have links outside of the app to some other payment method and still giving Apple the money. Again, this is all, I'm sure that a lot of this stuff is going to change, especially with the EU, where the general opinion seems to be that Apple's doing this in a really bad faith kind of way. But it's all very complicated. But I wanted to cover that first in this episode, because it's an ongoing discussion, but it does matter to us. There's no way this doesn't affect you, because even with free apps, like I say, you run the risk of having to pay some money if you go this alternative method. So do your homework on it, is my opinion. It is a mess. Time for a break. Hey everybody, it's Peter Whittam here from the Compulsory Podcast. I want to tell you about SetApp. SetApp is a service that provides a subscription fee of just $10 a month, and you get access to over 200 Mac applications, and it's also available now on iOS as part of that deal. I use the service because it just has a ton of really good first-rate apps that I use all the time. And for me, it's invaluable as a developer to have access to tools for things like APIs, for planning projects, uh, writing emails, writing documentation. And you can get all of these things, including database apps, all of that kind of stuff, right there on the SetApp service for just $10 a month. You can use as many or as few applications as you need. If you're interested in checking this out, go to peterwidham.com, P-E-T-E-R-W-I-T-H-A-M dot com forward slash set app s-e-t-a-p-p and you can see the details there and it's got a link that you can go over and start using the service and see how it works out for you i strongly recommend this to every mac user 
break time over. Now, moving on, the Apple Vision Pro, it finally shipped. I was fortunate enough to sit in with some folks and watch an unboxing and a first install setup. That was very interesting. I'm not going to go into too many details there. I'm sure they are all over the web by now. But I have watched a lot of folks doing these, watched a lot of videos, and there is a fantastic video out there from already someone wearing it 24 hours, someone wearing it six hours, and so on, and going out in public. And, of course, everybody's watching them as they're walking past people's faces and expressions of exactly what I expected them to be. But let's talk about this Vision Pro hardware. First of all, right, now you get this device. You're going to want to get Apple Care, right, more than ever, I think, because <laughs> you're putting a device on your head that not only is expensive, but also has a very high chance that you may bang it into something. <laughs> because uh, guess what? It's blocking your vision depending on how you're using it. Let me give you a couple of numbers here. Apple Care is $500 a year or $24.99 a month. Yeah, okay, for that kind of device, that doesn't seem so bad. If you can afford the device, you can afford the care. It's just if you can afford the expensive sports car, you can afford the premium gas to put it in there. However, let's say that you you don't have the Apple Care and you bang into something, which I'm sure you're going to do at some point, and you damage that glass, that beautiful glass on the front of the headset. It's going to cost you $799 to have it repaired. Ouch, I think is what you're saying there. Now, with Apple Care, it's still going to cost you $299. If you didn't already baby your Apple devices, you're going to want to be super careful of this headset, is what I'm saying. Now, my advice to you, take it for what it's worth, is again, if you if you can afford to get one of these headsets, get the Apple Care to go with it, is what I'm telling you. Now, moving on from there, there is interesting pictures of this. I don't know what you want to call it, super version of the lightning connector. It's a 12-pin connector, lightning connector, between the battery pack and the device, which is funny because it keeps the lightning connector alive and hidden. And I don't mean subversively hidden, but you don't see it, but it's there and it keeps it alive. But I also wonder if that's Apple's way of saying, okay, we're going to stop a lot of these third-party accessories. We want to make the money, not them kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know what else goes through that connector. I, I know it's the power, but that, that may be all. Now, moving on from there. Like I say, I've been watching a lot of people using this thing. And it's interesting because I'll just say it. Sure enough, a lot of people look really silly, waving their friends, waving their hands around, pinching their fingers in front of nothing. <laughs> this is what it comes down to. And it's hilarious to watch people doing it. But we'll get used to it, just like everything else, I'm sure. Just like the watch and, and everything else, we'll get used to it. But it's just funny, especially when these people go out in public. Casey Neistat has a video out there, which I just think is absolutely fantastic and pretty much sums up the whole experience right there, especially not only from the user, but from people being around people using it. It's all very weird and very funny, I will say. But generally, people seem to be very uh, impressed and favorable with this new hardware, there's a lot of questions about the, the software, but hey, it's software. It's essentially, as far as I'm concerned, it's a version one of the of a new device and an OS, right? So it's going to be rough, right? People are saying about how I, I, I read the icons on the home screen. We're in alphabetical order, and it's not much you can do about that. I don't know if it's true, but okay, hey, it's a V1. It's a V1 OS. I think it's going to be very interesting this year at WWDC to see where this goes, because I'm sure they're going to be talking all about this. So we'll see there. 
But again, favorable impressions from everybody. People are saying that those, the special lenses for folks that wear glasses are very easy to take in and take out. And they all feel very secure and work very well. Now, I, I don't plan to get one of these, but I know plenty of people that have got them. And it's all very interesting. And I'm thankful to the folks that have been sharing their experience with me, both in private discussions and, and publicly. And it's going to come down to the apps. And we're seeing the apps come out now. And there's some, some interesting ones. And most of the apps, frankly, look exactly how I expected. Just, hey, here's the app, but in a window in a virtual space. Okay, that's what I expected, but I expect more. And I'm sure as we move on with this and time goes on, that's what exactly what's going to happen. I think my opinion is still the same. This is a device ahead of its time, but we're going to see terrible clones of this, I'm sure. But this is a device ahead of its time. The hardware, phenomenal, right? The teardowns and everything else. The software, hey, it'll get better over time as far as the OS so, you know, that's the early takes on this. A lot of people saying that they're surprised how good it is as far as tracking hands and the, the, the tapping of the fingers and those kind of things. And I think a lot of the criticisms that people have right now as far as interacting with things, as far as tracking their eyes and that kind of stuff, a lot of that I'm putting down to folks just need to get used to it. And we will. And Apple will refine it over time. By far the biggest amount of complaints I've seen, or criticisms, I should say, is over the virtual keyboard and how terrible that is. But I think we all knew that. From the very early days when this was announced and developers got their hands on simulators and stuff like that, th this keyboard was never great, and, and that's where it's at. So I don't think it's a huge deal, but I think it's going to surprise a lot of people that experience. I've also noticed that there's going to be work for a lot of us my game, Endless Hurdles, a friend of mine was uh, trying it out and we found some things that it worked is the great news. So I guess I could say I was there from day one, even badly, but it was there. But there'll be some things that need to be tweaked in Sprite Kit and things like that. But hey, like I say, early days experience. So that's it, folks. I, I wanted to share all of this week and, and, and it's been very difficult. I'll, I wanted to get this episode out earlier but it's been very difficult to figure out how to put this all together in one episode and to also understand a lot of these new rulings. And I'm still not sure that I gave you 100% accurate information. So do your homework because it's all very confusing. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think life is getting very complicated for us as developers and app and game producers on the, these platforms. And I hope that this all settles down because deeply vested in these Apple ecosystem and these platforms. But it just seems right now Apple's making life hard for everybody because they feel they can. And I feel like we have a bit of a reality bump coming up, I guess I would say. But anyway, wanted to put all that out there this week. If you are working on anything on the Apple Vision Pro and want to come on the podcast and talk about it, I would love that. I'm very interested in developers experiences with this and what they think and sharing your apps and how you're finding the experience and things that you're having to adapt to work with this new platform is fascinating to me because there's no doubt this is the future and whether we like it or not and we're all going to have to learn how to work with it so reach out to me 
uh, Compile Swift on, on the social networks, right? CompileSwift.com forward slash contact. And let's have some conversations. Come on the podcast. Hey, I talk about your apps on here. Promote them. It's all great. Now, also, I do want to point out to folks, if you want to help this podcast stay alive and all the other projects on Compile Swift that I'm doing, there is a Patreon. I'm refreshing it. You get advert-free versions and a shout-out in the podcast if you want at the basic level. So go to patreon.com forward slash Compile Swift because, boy, it's getting expensive for all of these things out there to make all this content for you all. Greatly appreciate the folks that do that. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for your support. With that, I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye.